This is an OSV Podcast Network production. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com. And so, so we're at that still point. We're not thinking about the past. We're not thinking about the future. We're just loving God back. And, you know, there's, there's that, so there's that sense of, of just total at one You know, the word atonement is what gives us at one And you just feel like you're one with the Lord. This is OSV Talks, a show where we explore topics from prominent Catholic leaders to spark discussion, explore new or re-explore old approaches, and inspire creative thinking all from the heart of the church. My name is Doug Tuke, and I will be your host. All right, welcome everybody. I'm here with Bear Wozniak, world champion surfer, speaker, host of EWTN's The Bear Wozniak Adventure, star of EWTN's Long Ride Home with Bear Wozniak, married father of five, CPA, private pilot, skydiver, pilgrimage leader, and more. I am so excited to visit with you because I have enjoyed getting to know you. Thank you, Bear. Aloha, Doug. Glad to be here. Good to see you. Good to see you. Are you a Hawaii native? I, don't, I can't remember if I asked I, you I've this. I've been going to the island since 84, and I moved there uh, 25 years ago. Okay, so it's Mo- a long time. Island of Molokai time. and then Oahu. My, my dad was a Catholic deacon on Molokai. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. You come out of this world of championship tandem surfing and the language you use to describe it, not only in your OSV talk, but just in you and I chatting is poetic. Can you describe for the audience maybe two things? One, why tandem surfing? Why not just surfing? And then two, like, what is this thing that you are amazing at? Like, explain mm. it to us. Well, I'm amazing because I have an amazing partner. Oh, that's the key. But uh, tandem surfing is, oh, man, I just, it's just so, inc- such an incredible experience. And it's so beautiful because I met my bride tandem surfing. We, the we, ultimate courting. I, I took her out <laughs> surfing. And it's the old Hawaiian way, too. People would fall in love on the surfboard. The oh. women would paddle over to the men. Or sometimes a guy from another island would come over and grab someone. <laughs> but but tandem surfing is probably 1,500 years old. Oh, my goodness. But it's evolved uh, to where now uh, tandem surfing involves 45 different extreme overhead lifts. I won by having my partner do a handstand uh, into my hands. Oh, my goodness. Over my head. And uh, other and you want to do multiple lifts. When, yeah. you're, when you're up there, you want to do uh, two or three different lifts uh, without bringing her back down. You want to spin her into different places. And if you do that and you have a great partner, you, you, you can win a world title. It's amazing how good guys get when they have a good partner. Oh, I, I can't. Well, it's like Maybe. dancing. I mean, it's never, it's never one or the other. Well, it's my job always... is just, just to lift and hold yeah. my arms straight and, and she balance does all on these, a surfboard in balance, but she does all, but I actually, I am the captain of the ship. Yeah. I'm the one who does the surfing, but I have to have a partner that really flows with me. Of course. And I have to inspire confidence in her. Sure. So she trusts me to protect her. How'd you get into it? When I was a kid, I saw it. I was on the cliffs of Santa Cruz, California. I saw people going out and the girls sitting on guys' shoulders. And I thought, that's cool. I want to do that. Yeah. And then I was sitting at a contest, uh, uh, judging a contest one day, one early one morning, and sitting there with my cold Ugg boots. This was in Southern California, you know, for the cold weather. And I see these big boards coming down on the beach. And I go, there's one, there's two. There's, I go, are these not going to be a tandem surf contest? Because I hadn't seen tandem yeah. in years. But when longboarding became cool again, when the fathers uh, brought, made their help their kids learn to surf again, it was called the rebirth of cool because there was longboarding, then shortboarding came in, and then the rebirth of cool. And with the rebirth of cool came tandem surfing. Oh, so brilliant. I judged the heat. It's like, how do you judge it? I don't know if it looks hard and looks pretty. But I eventually went on to help create an, with another guy from France, the world tour. Brilliant. And we have this com- totally 
computerized electronic scoring system and there's surf judges and lift judges and it it becomes a lot of drama. Oh, and I just uh, I just like to true of any competition, but yeah. I love creating it because it got people to want to join us yeah. in tandem. But for me, I just want to go out with my wife and surf. Of and course. when you go to when you want to win a world title, I didn't do that with my wife because that's like going to war, <laughs> right? It's a different thing. So Cindy and I, we go out at least once a week and we tandem surf. Oh, and that's so. And then when we're done, we just we just sit on lay on opposite sides of the boards and just look at each other and just enjoy, just kind of bask in it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I love that. You. You explain it in your talk, but you've also just explained it in the writing that you've done and some of the other work you've done in media so poetically, like just mm -hmm. connecting it to the spiritual life and the very realness of the journey of a disciple. You do that in a way, Bear, that I just boggle. I love it. It's I know. It's amazing. It's, yeah. Yeah. He knows. He knows how amazing he is. Um what are the, where does your, where does your faith come from? You mentioned recently that your dad was a deacon. Well, um, I have deep roots of bitterness about that because I was, I learned to be an altar boy and I had to learn Latin. Mm. And then they changed it the like nerve. two weeks after right. I became an altar boy. Tell you what. But no, I was raised as a Catholic uh -huh. and I, my favorite thing to do was, I think it was on Tuesday afternoons, we'd go to the community center and the nuns would come. And if you were good at it, they would give you holy cards. And I just was intrigued. Yeah. But then as I got older, I remember when I was 13 or so, I was down at the beach, Seacliff Beach. People know it. If they know that beach, it's got a sunken cement ship out in front of it. And uh, I was building a sandcastle. And I, and I always try to build them so they would be there the next day when I went to the Brilliant. beach. But um, I knew it wouldn't be. Yeah. And, and I, I know the waves had been coming, I thought, before I was born. They're going to keep breaking after I'm gone. Yeah. And, and then I saw a, um, a sloop, a sailboat, uh, sailing over the horizon. And I had that sense of infinity and kind of eternity all at once. And I just felt small. But at the same time, I, I didn't feel insignificant. Mm -hmm. I knew whoever, I knew enough from the nuns that whoever created that made me in his Brilliant. image. And so it became like a holy grail moment. From that moment, I always was wanting to go deeper with God. But I didn't know how I could have a personal relationship mm -hmm, with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then when I was 19, uh, back in those days, I called the Wild West days of the Catholic Charismatic Renewal, <laughs> I experienced this power, powerful infusion of God's love. Absolutely. And just, it just I've been in a, I wear this Hawaiian fish hook uh -huh. because I'm a fisher of men. I'm a, I'm a Catholic evangelist. Yeah. All of us are, right? We're right. all evangelists. We're supposed to be. Okay. We're supposed to be. That's the idea. We've been talking a lot about that on this show, which has been really great. Who are your mentors uh, spiritually and in surfing? I, I'm just, I'm curious. Oh, well, let's, let's say, let's talk about the spiritual safari, the, the people that I love so much. Well, first of all, I was uh, connected with the Pecos Benedictine Monastery. Uh, which was a Catholic charismatic monastery. This was a long time ago. Sure, sure. Uh, and then they planted a monastery in Hawaii. Oh, no kidding. And so I'm a Benedictine oblate, and I try to live that in the world but not be of it, mm -hmm. live, live the Benedictine rule as best I can. But I would say, you know, Augustine's one of my favorite mentors. Mm. I mean, what I, I, you're you going see, for one of the kings see, here. You this is, you're going high oh, on Tom, the list. But, but see what happened is, is, <laughs> is uh, through that experience, when I was that young, there wasn't a lot of good, for me, I didn't get formed in my faith. Mm -hmm. So I went into, I had non-denominational friends. I learned sola scriptura, sola, sola fide. I thought that was what everybody believed. I didn't right. know the Catholic Church didn't teach that. So as I wanted to go deeper, I kind of went that route because there was, the new catechism hadn't come out yet. Right. And I was like, I didn't know which way to go. So I went that way. But my dad uh, and my mother, they stayed in the church. He became a Catholic deacon. And he sent me Stephen Ray's book, Crossing the Tiber, who I love, Stephen. Stephen Ray. I have him on my show all the time. Yeah. And uh, I fell in love with the early church fathers. And I'm reading Justin Martyr, where he talks about how the, the Eucharist is, is sanctified. 
And I go, those are the same words I learned as a, as a, as an, as an altar boy. Mm -hmm. So then I just got, I, I would get my iPad and I would get my cigar mm. and I'd go down to the beach. I'd have a cigar and people would call, call me, Hey, what you up to, brah? I go, hang out with some friends who? Thomas Aquinas, you got to come down, you know, because we can, we can. It's so it's 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 that hunger for, you know, the early church fathers and all yeah. of our great, uh, the doctors of the faith and Therese of Lisieux, Teresa of Avila, yeah. John of the, it goes on and on and on. Those are my friends, you yeah. know, because the communion of saints. I actually am, Thomas, what did you mean by that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, yes. And so it would be, and then, and I have to say EWTN had a tremendous influence Good. on me. They were teaching Channel, and I don't know how in the world I got a TV show, and I don't know what they're thinking, but. <laughs> Good on them. Good on them. Yeah. I've had a number of pastors tell me, uh, in honest reflection, like if, if, if more people fell in love with the patristics, there, mm. there, there was a renewal in the church waiting to happen. There's no way to run and hide from them. I know. It's incredible. <laughs> it's also very unifying. So what I love about the patristics is, even for our sort of non-denominational brothers and sisters, there's such a tremendous bedrock of wisdom there to invite people into to say, just, just consider this, consider this early church teacher, and then let's have a conversation well, about it. It's brilliant. I missed, I missed it because I was at Baylor University, Southern Baptist University, beautiful people there. And there was a guy there that I knew, strong Christian. And I said, what are you studying? He goes, I'm getting a master's in patristics. And I go, what's that? And he goes, it's the writings of the early church. And I said, next. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I had a chance right there. Yeah. It took me 20 years later to this be, oh, patristics means early. Oh, that's what I missed out yeah. on. It's a yeah. gift. It's a gift. That's incredible. What's uh, what's the highlight of your year so far? Just what, you know, from this time last year, what, how are things popping? I know it's post-pandemic world. You're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. Every day is beautiful. Not not a highlight. Every very day. Hawaiian. You wake you. up. I love that. I open the windows and I hear the birds singing. I have my my early prayer time. Yeah. You know, with the Lord, the, the liturgy of the hour. Yeah. And, uh, and then my, and then my wife joins me for a cup of coffee, uh, right, right next to our house, there's Hawaiian coffee. Oh, uh, yummy. And we sit and we watch the surf or sometimes we go down to the oldest hotel in Hawaii, the Moana, where there's a huge banyan tree and we have our cup. I have my second cup. She has her first cup and we do, uh, more of the liturgy together. Yeah. We have our morning prayer time. So every day, you know, the, the, the highlight is, is good, but every day is good because it's the, it's the day the Lord has made. Yeah, yeah. You do a little bit of traveling. You do quite a bit of traveling. Are you are you on the road a lot? Uh, yeah, you know, but when I was filming, we, you know, we, we were filming Long Ride Home. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we got about five seasons in the can before COVID oh, wow. hit. Good for you. So we're spending yeah. a lot of time editing. Most of my traveling has been surfing. Yeah, but lately, I want to go inland a little bit. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love. We we did the we led a pilgrimage. The Life of St. Paul, who I love. I've got a whole row of books on St. Paul. Yeah. And uh, what, what a man's man, you know? Oh, my goodness. And yeah. then, and then uh, and now as a Catholic, there's all those different pilgrimages and stuff. So I've gone to um, places like San Sebastian. Mm -hmm. As a surfer, I used to go there for the tapas. Then I realized, oh, there's a beautiful cathedral there. <laughs> I used to go over to run with the bulls in Pamplona, but then I realized there's more over, over in Spain. So, no, I just, I love to, um, I love history. Yeah. People, what are you reading now? Well, the book's got to be at least a thousand years old or it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love We that. got a heritage. <laughs> I love As that. Catholics. I, mean, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you been to Malta? Speaking no. of Paul? Do okay. I need to go there and become Ooh. a knight? You definitely need to go there for Paul. Yeah. Uh, just because the the history is outrageous. We went to Cyprus and we went other places. We didn't quite hit 
where he landed him. When we shot, when we shot Paul, the apostle of Christ in 2017, 2018 release, the whole thing was shot in Malta in 27 days. And you just, uh, it's amazing how much influence Paul still has. It's still 99%. But also like the Pauline heritage. Oh my gosh. It's inspiring. He's, he's, it's inspiring. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's, that's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, you don't seem like the person that, that carries regrets with them. You just don't seem like someone who's carrying baggage around. My mom taught me that. Tell me more about that. Well, my, what did she my, teach you? No, my dad wrote a book called To Climb the Highest Mountain. And then she wrote a 16 page letter to her grandchildren. Oh, wow. Um, God really compelled her to do that, let her to do that. And then she had a stroke and she couldn't talk again, couldn't write for 20 years. But in this letter, she, she, she thanks guilt. She says, thank you, guilt, for your help. You helped me to repent. But you've done your job, and now you can leave. Oh, and the other that's thing a beautiful is, line. You, you don't want to live in the past or in the future. You know, as a surfer, when you're in the tube, you know, there's a moment when you're totally covered up where it's the still point. You know, because you're, you see the opening of the tube, you know, because you're chandeliered by the, the wave, and you aren't getting any closer or further away, but you're moving at tremendous speed, yeah. and there's that still point. And that's why I think God wants us to live that contemplative life of just this now. I love you back right now. I mean, his name means I am who am. Exactly. Jesus' name means I am who am salvation. Yeah. The word now is the hour of salvation. So so it's it's living in the now. And so to have regrets about the past, learn from them. Uh, and, and, and the future tends to be full of worry, not mm-hmm. hope for most people. So um, just just the moment, God lives in the eternal now. And so when you're when you have that moment, when you have those times of contemplative prayer, or just just when worries and doubts come, just say, I love you, Jesus. You know, the Eucharist takes us to that eternal now moment in of the, the cross. Now. Yeah. And you know, we're there present with him. So don't think, you know, let let guilt have its place with you. But there's a scripture verse that says there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. I think that language well, for everybody, but I think that language, especially for a lot of young adults, might be the most relevant we could possibly give them. It feels like there's just people, uh, our young people are carrying anxiety with them about the future. It's the enemy. Or the pe- it really is, though, right? Yeah, it's the enemy. It re- let's call it's it what demonic. it is. Call it what it is. Yeah, worry. Um, I remember once uh, hearing a poem, basically, an inspired poem in a prayer meeting. Someone just said it. Uh, basically, uh, it was God saying, I want to talk to you about those of you who are worrying. Worry accomplishes nothing. And then it was like, even as I know, anoint every drop of dew on a butterfly's wing, so I anoint and bless every breath that you breathe. It's that mm. moment of breath, you know. And, and as Augustine said, and, and, and when is now? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, now it's good. Now yeah. it's yesterday. It's, yeah. it's already passed. So, yeah. Very live. platonic. Very platonic of him. Yeah, <laughs> isn't it? I even know that word. Uh. Oh, that's great. I just want to sit in that. That's really great. Where can we learn more about you? Where can we find go to out deep more adventure, stuff? You can go to deepadventure.com. You know, I have this bear school of manliness there. And we also have a place for the mama bears. You know, before this mama bear thing took place, we were praying, what should the name of our our women be who love our ministry? Because our ministry is, you know, known to be primarily to men. And I we said, mama bears. And then my son, Jeremiah, walks in the next day and goes, dad, remember when we had our cabin in Montana? How fierce those mama bears were, you know, the most where, fierce. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then we have bear school of manliness and it's a three, it's a, it's a man cave. So there's a social non-Facebook community site for the men there, but also there's three years of curriculum 
to lead men through the different areas of manliness, all based on cowboys, by the way. Yeah. Father Bryce Lundgren, uh, a friend. Mutual friend of ours. Yeah. So and great. So, uh, and so uh, what's happened now is the fathers who have become part of the man cave, they go, well, I want to lead my son through this. So we give this, their sons the same, a username and password. They can't join the man cave because they're not old enough. But the fathers then lead their sons through this, the monthly curriculum. Like this month is on the virtue of love. Next month, it's going to be on being dangerous. Incredible. So all these different elements of what a man is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find in men's ministry, I, I, it shouldn't be boiled down to this, but it seems to be my experience in ministry that you have kind of two versions of that. There's this kind of beat your chest, I'm a caveman man's ministry. And then there's this kind of like almost abandonment of like authentic masculinity that does, do you know what I mean? It I feels don't even, like those I, are I don't the even use the mask, the word masculine because it's yeah. been co-opted like the rainbow in Hawaii. You're speaking to it. We used to be called the rainbow warriors, but now it's been co-opted also. But uh, I just, I use the word manliness. Yeah. And we certainly aren't talking about macho. Yeah. So uh, explain the difference between those two. I think that's what I'm trying to get at is like, because those two get blurred together. Oh, that's a horrible like. thing to be macho yeah. because it has to do with someone that's insecure. Mm. Uh, and and we want to be, we want to be in the image of Christ. But a manly person is someone who pursues the, pursues the virtue, who protects and provides for their family. Well said. Um, you know, my wife and I, when we tandem surf, I'm the captain of the ship. There can't be two. But when I get, I, I choose the waves, I, I surf the board. But when I get up, she gets up almost, it looks like we're getting up at the same time, but I'm initiating it. And then she rests her back against my chest and her cheek to my cheek so she can flow with me. And so men need to have leadership. But boys, my wife likes that. But it doesn't feel like I'm leading her. It feels like we're in we're one. And she has so much intuition, so much wisdom, so much strength and power that um, and she's so much more highly distilled than my my makeup, which was made out of mud, <laughs> you know, to to show me the beauty in life. And to, so we really I don't there's leadership there, but it's it, you know, if I if I sit down and we're having we're eating someplace and uh I, I'm I'm starting to eat, she'll salute me. And and she won't or she won't start eating it until we make the sign of the cross, right? Or she'll just sit That's there. She'll, she's calling you out. So she, yeah, she so there's a, I yeah. think there's a mutual leadership there, but there's a certain I, she I'm definitely there to protect her, and she yeah. knows that. And to well, provide it's for her. literally authentic complementarity. It's like servant it's, leadership, it's right? Exactly. And it is complementarity in itself. Yeah. And true love is self donation, willing the true good for the other. Yeah. And so it becomes just two people soaring together. And that feels like the most clarifying definition of manliness, because I do. Well, I always th- thought it was. I always thought it was you. I just think I think a man. Right. Man, it's Doug. <laughs> I just say, just go look at And Doug. the audience laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> well, I do live in Montana, so I got that going yeah, for me. Yeah, oh, That's... man. I was telling you, you want to just meet me in Montana after this? <laughs> she said no. But, That's oh, where it's at. We love Montana. Ah, uh, so do I. Um, this is great. Bear, I'm so thankful I got to meet you. I'm, I'm just really inspired by your words. I really love getting to just visit and getting to just listen because you connect physical experiences with deep spiritual teaching that's clearly rooted inauthentic spiritual teaching that comes through the activities of your life. And we get mm. to reap the benefits of that. And I'm really thankful for that. And thank you for yeah. OSB and how professional and how, how sold out for Jesus everybody is. It's here. a, it's a gift. And it's an your, honor to collaborate with them. Yeah. yeah and you're, a doubt. And, and you're, is it, I forget it's Renovo and who, what else? ODB films and Renovo ODB media films. group. Yeah. yeah. We got plenty in it's our scary plate. scary professional. Wait, that's I great. I have to go out there and give my talk and it's like, oh, 
these guys are professional. I can't fake it here. <laughs> Buckle up. The bar is high. Yeah. Bear, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate you a ton. God bless. Aloha. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. OSV brings you these talks from prominent Catholic leaders to get the church talking. You can enjoy all OSV talks at osvtalks.com. Please rate and review our show wherever you like to listen. Until next time, God bless.